You're listening to Made Theory. This is a show where you'll learn the ups and downs of growing a business, the lefts and rights of marketing, and the ever-changing world of advertising. In large part, this show will cover the theory of how people made it. Let's go! On today's episode, we'll be talking about the wonderful world of product integration. Not familiar? Listen in and learn. I have something that's cheaper and 10 times as effective as digital ads and television ads. No way. Go. No way. Product integration. Into. Vastly underpriced. Product integration, man. So we just worked with a client. We got them in a hit television show on HBO. They will have at least six or seven million eyes looking at their product, um, which will be well integrated into a popular TV show for a CPM of about 75 cents. I've never gotten CPM that low. I got to be honest with you. CPM of 75 cents. And are you paying attention uh, to Facebook ads as much as you're paying attention to the brands and your favorite TV shows and movies that your favorite characters are using? If the brand makes an impact slightly to me while I'm viewing this show, you know. Right. So the success of product integration, in my opinion, relies heavily on the frequency. So if you see Coca-Cola in one TV, if, first, first of all, Coca-Cola is in almost every movie. They do a lot of film. If you saw Coca-Cola in one movie... You probably would not have thought much of it as a kid. But as you were a child, every single show that you watched had a Coca-Cola product in it, most likely, or most of them. Um, Or you could argue the opposite for Pepsi. If you remember Home Alone, that was a big one. Um, But I think, yeah, so frequency is super important with product integration for a couple of reasons. Number one, the brand definitely has to make an impact, right? So if the product's just sitting in the background on a shelf and you don't notice it, it's not going to do anything. If the product's sitting in the background on a shelf of all 12 of the top shows that you're watching right now, you probably will subliminally notice it. You're not going to uh, notice that you notice it, but you will trust that brand a little bit more when you see it in the store. Um, But as you increase the frequency of product integrations in television and movies, you're also increasing the chances of those meaningful engagements within the shows because we can't usually control what exactly how the product is used on a show um, but the higher the frequency is of a product integration campaign the more chances we have for the product to show and engage with our audience the way that we want it to yeah, yeah. it seems like there's also an element of like if you get your product into this set and the show turns to cult status then you have a game changer you have a nuclear bomb of you're success. the pepsi of home alone yeah. Period. If Home Alone was a flop, Pepsi would have got nothing out of that deal. But for the for a CPM of seventy five cents, who fucking cares? Because yeah. who cares if you don't get anything out of it? What happens there is because people are gonna watch it eight times in a row, right? Until that's your what every piece of the set is gonna be imprinted into their mind. You know, I'm gonna blow the mind of everybody watch or listening to us right now. If you watch any TV show or movie tonight, I will guarantee you. Somebody in the show has New Balance shoes on. I guarantee it. Nice. <laughs> Not a commercial. <laughs> I guarantee it. You're gonna like the way you look. I guarantee it. Nice. Well, uh, so I mean, the amount of Nikes 
that Stranger Things is going to sell would, I think, blow our freaking minds. Because, one, it's a cult. They're doing a collaboration, right? Can yeah, you refresh my memory? So it's a Tell. collaboration. They've come out because it's a retro setting on the show. It's the 80s, right? So they're going, they've basically developed a line of all their shoes from the 80s, remade them in different colorways that the cast and people in the show are probably most likely going to wear. It's, they're going to be Nike fitted. You know, it's, 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 it's going to be more subtle than you think, right? Because the jeans are going to cover the shoes and the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, man, I mean, you're talking about nostalgic, one, cult following, two, people already love Nike. Nostalgic gonna, is huge. Yeah. And also you just hit a really big part of it. How did you know about it when the show didn't even air? Yeah, it's because I already they, know about it. It's yeah. be, it's no, it's because they have a really solid PR right in marketing campaign working alongside the product integration. So that helps a lot too. Right, even if you don't even see the name of the shoe, you're gonna know what it is because of the PR campaign around the around the right. integration. So do you, do you think that's necessary with any product? That I don't think it's necessary. Set? I don't think Pepsi did a PR campaign for Home Alone. Right. I'm not actually sure, but I don't think that they really did anything around that. Uh, but I think that it certainly increases the chances of an engaging experience. If you're not going to have a really prominent placement and the brand isn't going to be recognized verbally and visually, yes, it's definitely going to help to have PR around it to be saying we're going to be the new shoe in Stranger Things. That gets people that are Nike fans pumped up about Stranger Things. That gets Stranger Things fans fans pumped up about Nike, it all runs full circle. Um, if they didn't do that PR campaign, I don't even know that you would notice the new Nike shoes in the movie, depending, I mean, or in the show, depending on how they're showed. Right. We, we don't know that yet, but um, now you're going to be paying super close attention. You're going to look for where you can buy them. Uh, when I was in Asia, they had like this weird New Balance craze. It was like the 875s or whatever that model is. It's a very classic... It's like, and then so it blew up. There was like, you go to every street corner and there was a wall of fake New Balance shoes in mm. a thousand colors because it's just a thing. You so know? did New Balance blow up or did the the <laughs> the rip off, the knockoff market? A little bit of both. <laughs> a little bit of both, you know. Um, we had this talk before about New Balances and I want to bring up something about that because can you guys guess their market share? They're like, like what? fifth. No, not even. No. Actually, I don't know where they rank. Um, There's like, what, three or four powerhouses. Hold up. They're right there with Saucony or Saucony. So. Or Asics. No, nah, dude, they're so low. Asic Gel Lights. My thing died. They're uh, something like they do like 3% of the business of Nike or Adidas. Is that what it is? It's which is crazy because they they're a big brand, dude. It just goes to show how big, yeah, three and a half percent. It goes to show how big Nike and Adidas are. Who's next after those two? Those are the top two, right? Adidas Skechers, it's the S. So New Balance is after Skechers, so it must go. It must jump down huge, like. So what's the percentages for those four that you just mentioned? Wow. It's crazy that Nike is only 35%. Kind of. I mean, that's not that crazy. And Adidas is what? 24? 
11.4%, and then Skechers drops to 47 Wow. 11.4%. So that should inspire some entrepreneurs out there. The Adidas shoe that you probably think is like a company that has just completely made it and dominated in their space only owns 11% market share, which is not only, that's of a huge industry, but... I've been seeing a lot more new shoe brands coming out that right. are doing like minimalist approaches, no brand. The niche like that no we logo. were talking about on another episode. Yeah. We were talking about an, the, the niche angle of an industry. Mm. Um, that's huge. Yeah. Just like the swim shorts, just like the Warby Parker glasses, um, a good quality product that doesn't have a brand behind it. What's wild is when you get into the realm of like shoe designers mm-hmm. and like, did you know that they hold like contests like they gather a lot of designers together and like they develop their shoe design teams that way. Like if I you did can, not know that if you can design an actual shoe and put it together. Wow. Like you get on the team. It's wow. kind of crazy. Wow. I know the design like shoe designers. It seems like such a competitive industry because you always hear Nike stole Adidas lead designer or vice mm. versa. I mean, they're getting like, you know, pimped like around. Yeah. Or <laughs> like it's a sport, you know, like athletes. Yeah, just getting shipped off to other companies. Traded, mm-hmm. they rely on the kind of their old dogs, like the original guys that made the original classics to do their new stuff. And yep. then it's like, who's the new kid that they're gonna say this is our guy forever? Right. You know, they need that. For that, they wait for somebody. I think to make an impression in the streets or it, you know within the culture that mm-hmm. really hits it hard by themselves. And then the big companies like want to pick him out, you know, or her out. It just goes to show too. I would guess the Adidas share, you said it's 11% now about. I would guess it was 3% 20 years ago. Actually, it might've been higher for a point, but then it went way down, right? Well, so recently when the whole Kanye left Nike thing. So when that was going on, uh, Adidas blew up right their boost but their blow up was only to 11 percent. oh right 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 but it's like i'm pretty sure the share is hard to move yeah like just the way that nike is so you know nostalgically implanted into this system you know yep i wonder because adidas was also really big in the 90s right with the shell toe shoes for a while yeah from looking at this list of shoe companies is in my head, the brand that sticks out the most because I constantly see commercials is Skechers. <laughs> They're like one of the lowest down there. You know, Nike, I don't see as many shoe right. commercials. Adidas, same thing. They have their money, maybe marketing money elsewhere. Nike has a much wider product range, right? Than yeah. I mean, Skechers is apparel. only shoes. Is that right? They might have light apparel, but not. I think it's majority shoes, yeah. And it's a price game. Right. Super affordable. Definitely a price yeah, a the price affordable game. game. The pay less game. Right. But I, I definitely think that um Nike's brand is more established in terms of product line. Yeah, they carry a lot more SKUs for sure. Um so they can charge a they can charge a higher price and they could potentially have less of an audience, but they're spreading their audience across multiple segments in their industry in their space thank you for listening to made theory go ahead and follow us on instagram and twitter at made theory show